This podcast is part of the Podbelly Network. Please visit podbelly.com to see a complete listing of all of our other shows. It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Goosebumps all through the night. Mixing just a little bit of twang. That girl sure can't do a thing. Together, hillbillies go insane. Laugh so hard it'll hurt your brain. Podcast you won't ever change. These two here, they got the recipe. Sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries, eh? Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And now here's your host. Jerry and Tracy Polly and their dog Ninja. Welcome to Midweek Episode 16. I'm Jerry. Tracy. Dun 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 dun. dun. Oh. <laughs> You're stupid. <laughs> okay. So tonight's special guest, we have Woody from Hill City Paranormal. You thought it was going to be from uh, Toy Pecker. Story. I'm sorry. Oh. Pecker. Woody, Pe- Woody Pecker. Oh, his name is Wood. Pe- no, wait a minute. Woody, Woody Woodpecker. Oh, you just got Pecker on the brain. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, we've got Woody from uh, Hillside Paranormal. Oh yeah, awesome. One of our favorite new paranormal uh, podcasts out there. Plus, he does a bunch of other cool stuff, so investigations and stuff. And uh, we had a fun interview. He told us about all kinds of cool stuff, and then just weighing in. That's normal. It's normal. Tonight's story beforehand. It's called the Tedsworth Drummer. I named it that, so I don't know if that's really what it's called or not. Are you serious? Yes. You, you named it? I did name it. Tedsworth Drummer? Yeah, Tedsworth is a town. Actually, oh. it's in England, but it's actually Tidsworth now, T-I-D-S, but it was T-E-D-S at the time. Oh. Are you afraid you're going to say Tidsworth? No. Okay. No. I'm no, no more than you were Pecker. So, let's go all the way back to 1662 in Wiltshire, England, for tonight's story. A local magistrate by the name of John Mompesson was visiting the town of Ludgins Hall in Wiltshire. He came upon a man by the name of William Drury, who was out playing in his drum in the street. He asked if the man had a permit to play the drum in the street, because apparently he didn't have to have a permit back in the 1600s in England to play a drum in the street. Huh. I wouldn't have thought that, to be honest with you. So anyways, the guy produced his permit, and uh, Mompesson looks at it, and he could easily see that it was a forged document. So he did not have a legal permit, even though he lied. So he turned Drury over to the local constable's office, and the bailiff confiscated the drum. Weeks later, the bailiff actually sent the drum to Mompesson's house in Tedsworth. So when it arrived, Mompesson had been actually out of town on business, and his wife got it, and she allowed the children to play with it. When Mompesson got home on the 4th of May, his wife informed him that there had been some really scary stuff happening at nighttime. There was loud banging, um, like the house was basically coming apart, according to her. So three nights later, after he arrived, the banging came back. Really loud knock came at the door. Now, Mompesson got his gun, and he could hear the banging and the drumming at the top of the stairs. Then, it just slowly stopped. But it would always come back, and this went on for several days. Then the noise started coming from the room that the drum was kept in. 
So he moved his bed into that room so he could keep an eye on the drum. Five of the seven nights that he slept in there, the drum would beat so loud and so deep that the windows in the bed would shake. So before this drumming started, though, the family would actually hear howling in the air over the house. And then the drumming started. Soon, the drumming moved to the other rooms of the house. Now, oddly enough, Mrs. Uh, Mopason was pregnant, and for the three weeks that she was put on bed rest, the drumming actually stopped during that three weeks. How, how polite. Then it came back after that, and uh, it came back with a vengeance. It was shaking the kids' bed so hard that they couldn't even hardly sit in the bed without being shaken off. <laughs> that sounds like fun. <laughs> and it was playing the song, and I'm not making this up, Round Heads and Cuckolds, Go Dig, Go Dig. I have no idea what that song is. I'm tempted to look it up. But that's what it was playing, and they knew it, apparently. They knew what song it was. It was like, um, I can name that tune in three beats. Hmm. I wonder if they must have had separate beds. Like, I Love Lucy. Well, that was the kid's bed, so they probably... No, you said before he moved his bed into the room Oh, yeah, the you're probably right. They're probably right. Or are you astounded that I'm right and you just have nothing to say? Well, I'd be surprised you're a very bright and articulate woman. Liar. Why you gotta lie? All right, let's just move on. So then, whatever this sound was, it's like the there was like they could see like a creature in their room of some sort, like an entity, and it would run under the bed and then start scratching. The sound would follow the children from room to room. If they went to another room, it just it just went right with them. It seemed to only harass the children at this point. Eventually, though, it got worse. Chairs would move, boards would pull up and hit the family and the servants. I guess out the floor. <laughs> you said we'll hit the family and the servants. What's their servants? <laughs> you know. No, I mean, get it? You said it would hit the family and their servants. That's how you said oh, it. Oh, I got you. And I'm like, oh, what's their servants? <laughs> the children's own shoes were thrown at them. Oh, rude. Especially if they smelled. <laughs> Every loose object they said was thrown around the room. If it wasn't nailed down, it was thrown around the room. Dang on. So John Mompson sent all of the children to go stay elsewhere, uh, except for the oldest one, who was his 10-year-old daughter. He kept her there. He brought her into his room. They, And the reason he brought her into his room is because the spirit hadn't actually been in that room at this point in a month. As soon as he brought his daughter in there and put her in bed, the drumming started again and lasted for three weeks. Oh, Lord. Drive you insane. So he brought the other children back into the house, thinking... I guess it don't matter. And as soon as he did, the entity would start to pull their hair and their nightclothes. So he sent them to the neighbors again. Reverend Joseph Glanville, who was the chaplain for King Charles II, offered to come help. He witnessed most of these events, and he felt that the witchcraft had to be involved. It's always witchcraft. So... This was not a typical poltergeist haunting or maybe it was witchcraft. Who knows? But something was completely different. Remember our drummer, William Drury? He was arrested for stealing pigs and put in jail in Gloucester. He was visited by a man from Wiltshire. Now, Drury told this visitor, I have plagued John Mompesson and he shall never be quiet 
till he had made me satisfaction for taking my drum. Oh, so he put a hex on him. Yeah, the drummer. Since he's got the drum, I guess the drummer somehow put a hex on him. So Mompesson tried to have him committed for witchcraft. The jury acquitted Drury, though. Oh. He was sentenced, though, to something called transportation. The only thing that I could figure out is I assume it's kind of like being deported. Because they were kicking him out of the country. But he escaped and returned to England. And once he did, the disturbances started again. So... So, long distance don't stop him, in other words. <laughs> Apparently not. And he was like, you want to be that way? So, yeah. I don't, I don't know why he ended up with the drum to begin with. I mean, why did they send it there? They sent it there like three weeks after they confiscated I don't know why they sent it to Mompesson's house. I don't know either. Why can't they just let him have a damn drumming session in the nighttime or whatever? Who cares? I don't know. But that's what happened. And no, that's what paid, they get then. Don't take, don't take his drum. That's what you get. Yeah, I mean, if, if the guy's not really causing a disturbance out on the street. Really? I mean, that's probably his only happiness that he had. I mean, it was the 1600s. They didn't have TV or video I'm games seriously? or radio. I'd I be applauding some entertainment yeah, exactly. up in there. Exactly. So, yeah. I don't know. Anyways, cool hey, story. Well, let's take a few minutes and listen to Woody. Hey, guys, I got Woody Watts from Hill City Paranormal on the phone with us. And you guys are going to like that. This is a podcast that is 100% different than anything that's out there. Uh, first of all, Woody, thanks for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. So, Woody, you your your shows are, some of them are small. Some of them are, are just phone call-ins. The production quality is fantastic. And I love that it has the old-time radio feel to it. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's a huge compliment coming from Hillbilly Horror Stories, too. So I, I really appreciate that. Have you ever heard the podcast? And most people haven't. But uh, John E.L. Tenney has one called uh, Realm of the Weird. Have you ever heard that podcast? I have not, but it is on my list right now since you said it. It literally is maybe my favorite of all time. It only has... Maybe 12 episodes, they're all within 10, 12, 13 minutes. But he starts off a lot of his with some old-timey radio stuff, and that's what it reminded me of. And oh, I good. was like, oh, man, these two shows. <laughs> I don't know. I just love it. It just It's such an awesome start. Well, thank you. Yeah, we have fun with it. And it's – you know, I'm a huge fan of the Twilight Zone, of uh, even Disney's Haunted Mansion. You know, so, so all of those old retro – vibes when, when i wanted to do this podcast i was like you know i want when you instantly listen to it you, you're either taken to that ride at disney world that most everybody loves or you know sitting down and watching the twilight zone late at night just to have that retro feel to it and i and i'm so glad people are picking up on that okay so the the podcast is hill city paranormal but you mentioned it disney You've got another podcast, too. I'm going to let you give a quick plug for that one also. Oh, thank you. Yes. My wife and I do one. It's called Woody's Roundup. And we are huge Disney fans. And you'll you'll, you'll be able to tell if you listen to it. Uh, and we just talk about all things Disney. Uh, we, we try to go a couple of times a year to kind of bring back new material, pictures. But, but yeah, we just we love we love everything Disney. So if you're a Disney fan, check out Woody's Roundup uh, podcast. That That's out in iTunes and everywhere as, as well. So if someone tunes in to Hill City Paranormal, tell them what they should expect as a podcast, because it is different. 
It is. What you'll, uh, I, I even included a small beginner's guide because it's, it's, it's a mixture of things. <laughs> One, we have a haunted hotline, which we set up where people call and it's a message. So you don't have to worry about anyone picking up or, you know, an awkward conversation. If you just have a story that you want to tell and it can be paranormal, it can be, uh, you know, a UFO sighting, abduction, a Bigfoot sighting, and you call and leave us your story. And what I'll do is I take that recording and uh, add some add some creepy music to it and and some sound effects, and we put that out there. Then the second one is uh, what we call HCP visits, and that's more our interviews and behind the scenes of some of the actual investigations that we do because we are a, a paranormal group that investigates UFOs, Bigfoots, and paranormal stuff. And then I have a, a special section that really goes back to my Twilight Zone love. Uh, it's called Tales from the Beyond, and that's included in the Hill City Paranormal podcast. And those are basically stories that we write where we pull from our investigations, some of the stories we hear, or some of the interviews with people that uh, they really don't want to be you know, publicized or, or out there. And we, we write a fictional story. And add some theatrical elements to it. And, you know, it's, it, it really, again, takes me back to my Twilight Zone love. So, uh, yeah, it, it's all over the place, but I hope people, I think people will get the vibe of it. I think they'll like it. Tell me a little bit about your paranormal group. How long you guys been together and, and, uh, the areas that you, uh, do your research in? Well, we have officially been together uh, about a year and a half, almost two years now. However, that's kind of misleading because we've, uh, I know for like five or six years, we've all had a camera gone around and, and, and we're really explorers and we love adventures and just having fun together. And, and we've always loved to go into aban- abandoned buildings or, you know, go Bigfoot hunting or sighting or just go out with a camera at night. I mean, that's instantly, you know, you come back with some creepy footage. But about a, about a year and a half, two years ago, we actually put a logo to it and a name because uh, my my day job I own a small video production company and we were finding being a that we love Bigfoot and UFOs um, I didn't want people getting misled with the Hill City Paranormal that we were trying to pull one over on them or that we were doing a production so uh, we actually officially formed a group and uh, yeah we it's just been we have three or four core members. That usually go on everything. And then we honestly, we open it up. If anybody wants to come with us, you're more than welcome. We're going to have a good time. Or, you know, we want you to come with us and have a good time. But uh, yeah, we kind of have a revolving door of members, basically. We'll definitely take you up on that next time we're in that area. <laughs> Absolutely. We'd love to have you. So I'm going to have you tell us some of your experiences that you've had, because I understand you've got a lot of cool experiences. But I want to bring up something. In one of your episodes, um, you were. I guess you guys had had went to a theater in Lynchburg. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. And yes. I, I won't get you to tell the whole story. I will say that that, that episode is completely fascinating. Oh. The part, though, I love the most is, can you touch on the story about the ring that was found? Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. Yes. Um, a little, just a, a little context. Uh, the, we were in Lynchburg, um, we have a, uh, we have an academy center, which is a beautiful historic theater that back in 1911 actually burnt down and it was, it was rebuilt. And then after, I don't know how many years, it, it kind of went abandoned and it was just the ceiling had caved in and it was just, um, 
It was just a, uh, an eyesore for the community. Well, the community got together and decided to renovate it. And last year was its was its reopening, and it's absolutely beautiful. It's modeled after the 1912 version of the theater. And we were so we were lucky enough to be asked to come in and do a haunted history tour where we do an investigation, we film it, and then we kind of uh, since we do video production as well we would add in some tour elements to, to kind of, you know, make it like the Haunted Mansion, because that's that's what we love. And so we were asked to investigate, and we did a little, we had an actual historian, a local historian, um, help us research. And we came in and did the investigation armed with a little bit of history. Uh, there's some things that we could not find out, but but what we knew or what had been told to us, that that's what we took in, and we, we were given access to the Academy overnight which is never done it's one it's it's basically booked almost every day so so they had a window for us we came in at like i think six o'clock one night and stayed stayed most of the night we were we were ready to go after a little while but um yeah so we (laughs) we were told when doing the investigation that uh to their knowledge no one had died in the theater and uh that there was there was a fire and we knew that the building next door had actually been used as a hospital during the Civil War. So that was kind of we knew those those basic details. And there was a, a play that was supposed to play the night of the fire. They couldn't. And the actress was upset about it. And she kind of carried it with her, the you know, the rest of her life, because during that time, this was the only theater that could house that production. So that was the information that we were, you know, that we were given. So we did then we went in, set up. I don't know, 10, 10 night vision GoPros and different cameras and, you know, really camped out basically hoping to find stuff. And we, there, there, there were some things that happened in the dark that was, you, you were, I'll just say we were ready to go. Like the doors open and closing noises. Uh, it was, it was a very different atmosphere than when there's a performance or a concert going on. Okay. So you hear everything. Well, after we did, after we did the investigation and we actually did the haunted history tours, which ran all of last October and people would come in and we had a table out outside the theater. So after they would do the tour, they would come up, talk to us. You know, we had some shirts, but they mainly came and just shared their stories. Like we were all just a community. It was a wonderful event. Well, after I would say towards the end of the month, towards the end of the tours, the, uh, the Academy uncovered a story about uh, a wedding ring that kept appearing. And during the renovation process, they found a ring in the rubble. It was a wedding ring. So they, they pulled it out. Um, they, they put it in safekeeping and then uh, not, it was sometime after that they found the ring again. Okay. So we were thinking, okay, somebody's forgetting the ring, whatever. Well, come to find out, and in that episode that you're referencing, one of the fellow investigators, Jeremy, while we were investigating that night, he had heard what sounded like a coin dropping on the stage or or a ring dropping on the floor. And he just discounted it as like a quarter or something, but he never could find anything. He said it sounded like it hit the floor and rolled and we he didn't give it a second thought. But the instant someone came up to our table 
and told us about the ring story, he turned he turned white as a ghost because he had heard that exact sound while we were doing the investigation. <laughs> so I, I don't we may go back this Halloween. I'm not sure. I hope they let us back in and we can kind of, you know, dive a little bit deeper into that story. But that one, yeah, that one kind of caught us because I mean we were both at the table and the person and, and then you know they told us about the ring and we we're like, wait, oh, what yeah, we kind of know about the ring. <laughs> we uh <laughs> We we heard it hit the floor, so yeah, that, that was that was such an interesting experience. Now you had uh, experience here recently where you got to go uh, do a little investigating uh, with someone that's had some, uh, I guess, UFO abduction uh, in their background. Maybe some Bigfoot. Uh, you've got all kinds of stories. Share with with us whatever you are willing to share. Oh yes, all right. So we 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 again we kind of investigate everything. Okay. So we've had people call us up saying they think that there's a Bigfoot, you know, near their house making noises. And, you know, honestly, we go out there, we take a night vision camera. Some, I mean, we actually camped out one night at a cemetery because, um, it was, it was, um, out in a rural lake where people were hearing noises and, and we, we felt like we heard Bigfoot that night. We didn't see anything. But uh, yeah, we put an ad out for our haunted hotline that we that we call it, and we had a, a man contact us about being abducted by aliens, and that was the only subject line. Hey, I've been abducted. Well, we we followed up with him and kept talking to him and talking to him, and and he uh, said that he would talk to us in person. And so this was about a two and a half hour drive, and we go to a place we've never been. It's in a v- really far up in the mountains. So it it is, you're off the highway, no cell phone signal. So, you know, instantly our stomachs are kind of dropping, but yet we're, we're really excited. And, uh, yeah, we meet this wonderful man. Like we start talking to him and we instantly, um, you know, have a connection because I, I myself have seen a UFO when I was about 14 or 15 and I had not told him this. And so he started telling me his story. And he's, he's a little bit older than I am, have, has been in the military and, you know, has, has a, a really good record. And what he described in the vessel itself matched what I had seen. And he did not know that I had had an experience, but his experience went a little bit further where he has actually been abducted several times and he showed us a scar on his back that showed up after the second abduction that he has gone to doctors and he went to his military physician at the time, and they could not explain what the scar is or where it came from. And he st- he has carried it his whole life. And hmm. then and he had another, uh, his most recent experience was a couple of years ago, where he was traveling in the area that we went to film him. And sure enough, a uh, 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 UFO came to his windshield in the car, and he felt, he described it as, as if he was being checked on or scanned and we'll have that whole vid we videoed it. We'll have it up on our website, but that was that story. I, it, it was so interesting because, you know, and this is the part of the, 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 I, I say quote job I love is meeting people and sharing stories because for us and the haunted history tours. And then for examples like this, when you put out an ad or you put out a phone number, you never really know who's going to call. But in a sense, the people that are calling and sharing with us, it's a relief because we we love hearing stories. We love sharing stories. You're not being judged or ridiculed or anything like that. Uh, we, 
you know, and, and, and yes, some will investigate with you, but most of the time, hey, we just want to document it and we want to get it out there. And his story was, I can't wait to get the video out, but his was so interesting because of the consistency and how it matched what I know I saw several years ago. So that, that was a that was a great experience and a little different because it was UFO based and we always love those in Bigfoot as well. Well, and then once you get that link up, you'll just have to let us know. We can share it on our on our page, and Absolutely. and that way we get you uh, get a lot of people uh, that probably hear this would be like, man, I want to see that. So, oh, it's a good story too. I can't wait. It's a good one. It'll be it'll be right up on our website. So, talk about um, some of your personal experiences. All right, some of my personal experiences. It's it's kind of funny because when I was. I mean, I, w- growing up, I always had a camera in my hand. My my father and I, we would we would ride around with a with a with the big camcorders that took the big VHS tapes, and we would ride around just making videos and 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 film old houses and and you know do our own episode of cops basically, but kind of paranormal. Well, when I was fourteen, I uh I was in the backyard with a friend of mine, and we were just. You know, back then this was before cell phones, smartphones, so you weren't checking Instagram or anything like that. We were out there and and we both had a UFO experience, but we saw a UFO. And you could call him up and and ask him right now and he'll tell you the same exact story. So that has just it's always just steered me in that direction. And the paranormal experiences I myself have had, I would say other than the academy experiences, I haven't really had a paranormal experience. However, my wife has had several and she has had intense paranormal experiences. And so for us, that really, it, it's a great balance because I am UFO, Bigfoot all the way and paranormal. I respect it and I respect what people, the experiences they have and through her, she has been able to give me insight to her experiences. And some of them have been quite, I mean, quite terrifying and intense. So we have a good mixture of experiences. And um, I mean, you'll have to have her on one day because hers, they will, I mean, they are, they'll, they'll make your hair stand up on your arms. Her, her really intense. And she's been a great, it's been a great team for us to be able to go and, and listen to other people's stories because she has such a unique perspective. And then, you know, you have some, you can see a person walking up to your table that is a little shy and, Hey, I think I saw Bigfoot and then I'll stand up. I'm like, Oh, Hey, I, tell me all about it. I think I've, I've heard him and, and may have seen him as well too. But, um, my UFO experience kind of got me into it. And then recently, as far as Bigfoot goes, we, we did a family investigation where my family thought they, we have a family cemetery that is, really up in the mountains. There's no road going to it. It's it's an old family cemetery that if you don't know it's there, um you would never find it. It's 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 lost in the mountains. And that's that's like the cemetery that my mom is buried in. I mean it's literally if you didn't know it was there, it's up on a hill. It's one of those little small little churches that seats about twenty, twenty five people yes. and it's always windy up there and then there's a little <laughs> porta pot or not a porta pot, but an outhouse, a wooden exactly. outhouse. <laughs> exactly. If you did not know, you would you would never even stumble upon it, right? Um, and so my family has a, a cemetery like that uh, out uh, near, you know, on a lake near here. 
And my that my mother was like, you know, we keep hearing noises coming from that direction. And we have not checked on this cemetery for quite some time. And an actual tornado had come through our area about a couple of months before this. And so they were like, would you mind coming up and kind of looking at it? Because if someone's up there partying, we, we really want to let the cops know or if, or what the noises are, period. And and check on the cemetery. So we I did. I brought all my gear and my family, we 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 went on went on the hike up there, and that was one where we I was going to camp out and just see if one anyone was going to come up there and party over the weekend, or two if we found anything anything paranormal or any, like anything related. Well, about four hours, I would say four hours into it, it was myself, my father, and my niece. We were all kind of stationed out throughout the woods around the cemetery. And we started hearing this noise off in the distance and there was nothing paranormal going on around us. We were all at ease and had cameras going and, but this noise just, it, it kept getting closer and closer. And, and then, you know, finally we kind of got up and kind of had a huddle and we didn't know what it was. And understand that my father has grown up in this area his whole life. So he's heard everything up there and he's like, I, that, that doesn't sound like anything I, I can, you know, pinpoint. And it, it got so close that we, that's what scared us. That's what, okay, we have our niece with us. Um, I think we're, un, we're, we're not prepared for what this may be. And the closer it got, I swear it sounded like a Bigfoot and it sounded big. It kept crunching through the leaves and crunching through the uh, uh, trees. And so the funny part of the story is we decided to pack up hearing this noise kind of following us through the woods. And sure enough, we got lost because the tornado had kind of changed the landscape and I did not come as prepared as I should have with adequate amount of flashlights and everything else. So what turned into what we were planning on is kind of camping out, going back to the car, ended up like a six to eight mile night of us hiking through the darkest forest. And then finally we found the car because my sister had jumped up on the top of the car with her cell phone light and was yelling through the woods and that we saw a glimmer up on the hill and that's, we finally made it back. But God, the, the ventures are awesome. I mean that, you know, at the time you're, you're kind of terrified, but excited, but when it's done, he's like, I want to do it again. I can't wait for the next one. Incredible. So out of all the investigations that you've done, give me one story or one, not so much one story, but one experience that stands out among the others. I would have to say, I would have to say the Academy investigation because that one, I did not know what to expect. And when we were asked to do it, one, I was, I was so flattered that this is a historic property. First of all, that, that we were the ones to, to get to stay tonight. And then once we actually were in there, and they locked us in so that we they knew there was no employees that were going to interfere or, you know, no distractions or anything like that. I would say that was the eeriest experience that will. I, I remember the feeling of being in there. We had separated as a group, and then a door opening by itself, and then you hear a noise behind the stage, uh, and then you start to you know then you start to see things, and that has been the only time other than the Bigfoot possibly chasing us through the woods that I was ready to go. Like I, like I, I went to the team and I was like, okay guys, let's, let's, let's hit on out. Uh, let's get the equipment. And, and everybody's 
we at that point in time, so much had happened. And I'm not saying blatant, obvious things. I'm saying the things that just kind of lead up to those. Um, that experience stands out the most because it is such a historic place. And that whole area is, it just has years of history that like a civil war, a hospital next door you've got, and then come to find and come to find out another story. We found out about the Academy after the fact was that, and this is interesting and this is kind of setting it up to make me never forget this experience is that during the tour, a lady had gone through the tour, come up to us, and said she felt the presence of a male spirit who had died there and did not like the crowd there. Well, of course, you know, after hearing the ring story and, and being there in the doors, we were already like, well, you know, obviously we didn't do the amount of research that we thought we did. Um, and come to find out a, a, a man had died on the stage when a stage weight fell on him. So it starts to kind of put everything into perspective when you leave and then you start thinking back about the experience because at the time it was excitement, fear, you know, we we're doing something that people are going to see, a big crowd of people are going to see, and we know they're going to see it. And then you start hearing the stories, the actual stories that happen. And that that experience I will never forget that night going in there and the doors and then now knowing what we know now after the tours. Um, I'm kind of glad I didn't know that at the time. I think I'd have left a little bit sooner, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, Woody, I'm not going to lie to you, buddy. This has been extremely fun having you on the show. Well, thank you for having me. I, I appreciate it. Why don't you take some time and tell everybody how they can check out the show and uh, give out your website address and social media in any way they can uh, get in contact with you? Sure. All right, well, for the podcast, uh, we're available in Apple, Google, Stitcher. All you have to do is search for Hill City paranormal and you'll see you'll see all of our episodes there or go to our website at hillcityparanormal.com and we try to put all of our investigations up on there and if not we have a link to our youtube but the podcast is on there the actual media coverage that we uh we're so blessed to have for the haunted history tours we've got that up there our video interviews of uh specifically the the gentleman that had the alien abductions and you can contact us if you've had an incident or you want to call our number, so just hillcityparanormal.com and on Instagram, we love Instagram followers, follow us at Hill City Paranormal. So everything Hill City Paranormal, we'd love to have you. Fantastic. Well, we'll definitely have your wife on sometime in the future. We'll probably have you back on too, just because I know you got so many other things that we didn't get to tonight. Oh, that'd be wonderful. Yeah, I've got a ton for you. All right, Woody, I appreciate it, brother. All right, thank you so much. Oh, me too. That was awesome. <laughs> hey, Woody is just full of energy. Yes, he is. And that makes for a great storyteller. Yeah. Make sure you check him out. Hill City Paranormal. It is a different kind of podcast. Like he explained earlier, they've got three or four different types of shows uh, that they do. So you never really know which one you're going to get each week. Uh, but they're all fun. So. Yeah, it makes it interesting. And he just, by, by the time this comes out, uh, he's already released that episode where he talked to the gentleman about the Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. You need to go watch that interview. It's very entertaining. Oh, cool, man. We'll see y'all guys here soon. Bye.